0: Happy Wednesday, my lovely friends and listeners of the podcast. This is episode 173 of the Mind Body Musings podcast with your host, Madeline Moon. But today I actually will not be the host. I am resharing an interview from another podcast today where I was the interviewee and my friend Holly Lowry is the interviewer. I only do this a few times a year, and today's show apparently is going to be that one of those times this year that I'm going to be re- resharing another episode where I am interviewed so If you're looking for hearing more insight from me, this is going to be a great episode for that because I will be interviewed on perfectionism in this podcast that was originally posted on Well and Weird by Holly. So if you want to check out Holly's podcast, I highly recommend you do so. The Well and Weird podcast is all about cooking up a healthier relationship with food, movement, and your body by employing weird practices like intuitive eating, anti-dieting, meditation, journaling, and other healing strategies. So our topics today will be about perfectionism, my upbringing, the history, how I cultivated disordered eating in the first place, how I broke free from that and left my Fit Chick label. We will dive deep into the masculine and the feminine. We'll talk about the inner child. We'll talk about the inner pusher. We cover a lot of different things in this wonderful episode, so I hope you stick around and really enjoy it. That's actually all of the announcements that I have today. This was a quick intro because I wanted to jump right on in, so let's head on over. All
1: right. Maddie. Maddie Moon and her inspirational guests every Wednesday for the life-altering discussions on freedom, vulnerability, abundance, and so much more. For more insight, grab your free gift on MaddieMoon.com and uncover your own once-in-a-lifetime greatness within. If you have kind words to say, feel free to leave a review on the show in iTunes or send your favorite episode to a friend. We look forward to hearing your insights and growing together in unexpected ways. And now, without further ado, here's your host. Maddie Moon
2: all right so hi everybody we have today on the podcast Maddie moon uh, and I'm gonna let her do a little formal intro for you guys very excited to have her Maddie do you want to introduce yourself
0: well sure thank you so much for having me like you said I'm Maddie I am a podcast host of mind body musings I am a retreat leader a speaker an author. And my message has evolved quite a bit over the years. Many people know me by being a fitness competitor that basically came out of the closet of being a so-called fit chick that had eating issues. Surprise, surprise. (laughs) Um, So I spent quite a few years talking about that, helping people unravel those painful connotations they have around, I need to be fit, strong as the new this and that, and all that. So that was my main message. And also these days I talk a lot about harmonizing the feminine, and the masculine, and I'm sure we'll get into both of those things. So that's who I am. So excited to be here. I love your show and all the things you're up to in the world.
2: Oh, yay. Um, So I think I kind of want to just dive into like, how did you get here? How did you end up, you know, into the fitness stuff? And then of course, down that awful rabbit hole of all the disordered eating and disordered body image that comes along with that world. But um, where did all of this start for you? I'd love to sort of just explore your journey a little bit.
0: Yeah, great. So let's see. The beginning stages of this happened when I was very, very young. And I was raised in an extremely loving, kind household my parents loved me. We were I was raised in the South. I was very conservative, but a very nice upbringing. I like to always make sure I preface that before the next part. <laughs> With that said, there was a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of right and wrong and good and bad and reward and punishment. And I understand, like when I'm a parent, I know it's going to be a messy world and I don't know how I'm going to reward without... Also instilling in my children's minds that there's an opposite of that, right? Like I'm sure it's very difficult, but there was definitely above and beyond in my family of like, I had so many rules, rules, just literally, this is not metaphor, but literally typed out and plastered and laminated to my wall of my rules of my life Mm. on my wall, waking up every morning. Like there was a lot of right and wrong. And I think that this pressure to be this perfect Christian girl who kept the moon reputation perfect and always looked perfect and hung around the right people, never was around the, quote, wrong people. Um, As a kid, right? Like so many rules as a kid, I felt like I had to be a little adult. And (laughs) it just became so stressful, my need to please, that I turned to perfectionism, wanting to just be perfect. But again, like that needed, I needed a way to cope with even that. And of course, what's the quickest, easiest, right at your fingertips way to control. And that's food in your body, right? For women, especially like it's, we're taught since we're little that we're just not right quite yet. Like we need to get right. So like diet, lose weight and look this way. And those pressures very quickly became my go-to to change my body, to deal with my perfectionism and my need to be this particular type of person. And so as I got older, this continued to get worse and worse and worse. And I'll make this part, this middle part brief until the fitness stuff. But basically I started to dabble in different methods of controlling my weight where I wouldn't eat at all for like certain days at a time. And then I would start doing massive amounts of cardio and then I created exercise addiction. And then I went into college and I started to use alcohol in order to get rid of calories by just being drunk all the time. Like it was very bad, but at that time it was like, oh, well, she's, she's a sorority girl. I'm in college. I'm a sorority girl. Like that's just what we do. Right. And that's something else is totally different. can of worms for a different podcasts, but the whole, well, it's college. Like we should be able to party and go crazy. And I don't know what your experience was like if you went to school, but at my school, that was certainly like the thing to do is just to drink all the time. And for someone who struggles with body image like that, for for me, that was the way that I could just fuel my eating disorder even more. Mm -hmm. So then gliding into, uh, the latter part of college, I transferred to a different school. And I found bodybuilding and bodybuilding was like this concise, unique way to have an eating disorder and no one know it because everyone dresses it up with the word fit. You see abs, everyone thinks you're fit. You see someone eating chicken and broccoli out of a container in your Shakespeare class, you think dedication. But what it really was, was obsession and control and rigidity and hardness and self-loathing. That's what it was. Even in a red, sparkly, glittery suit, it was in its essence, in its core, um, degrading and painful and me never seeing my body and appreciating it for what it's worth. It is what it is. And it's a tool for me to get around in life and it's nothing more or nothing less. It just is a safety blanket for my soul. But at the time I didn't realize that. And so I fed into my eating disorders and my perfectionism and my control. And that was about, I guess, a period of three to four years And I finally hit this aha moment where it was like, enough is enough. I need to move on. I can't do this anymore. I need to love myself. So from there I picked up and I moved. I didn't tell anyone. Like I literally just packed my Mazda with the things I wanted to keep and moved from Texas to Colorado to live in the mountains by myself. I stopped blogging about fitness. I stopped coaching people about fitness. I started my podcast and this whole journey of discovery of what is health to me, what is life to me, what's the purpose of being here. It's not for my body. And that now is about four years ago. So I've been on that journey for four years. And now here I am, you know, with the coaching business and the speaking and all this stuff, but that is the bodybuilding stuff and falling prey to the fitness obsessions and thinking that that's what we're here to do is to perfect our body, which is absolutely not true. But of course there is a deeper layer to that. Like that was all of that fitness stuff. Even yet, that wasn't the problem. The problem was even deeper. It was the perfectionism. It was me living in this, this society, this world that tells us what women need to be like. Same for men though. Let's not forget that same for men. Like we're being told how we're supposed to live in this patriarchal society. And it's not the way our Natural instincts are from birth. We want to be creative. We want to be expansive. We want to take up space and to speak and to be weird and unique. And living in a patriarchal society, that's not what we're told to do. So that's why all this fitness stuff came about, it's because of the underlying issues.
2: Right, absolutely. So I'm so curious then like you mentioned, you know, you made this big move from Texas to Colorado by yourself. You stopped blogging like about fitness and you stopped coaching about fitness. How did you make that transition? Like what was that like? Because I think for so many women it's so easy to get swept up in this same mindset, you know, covering up disordered eating and body dissatisfaction with the the umbrella term of health, right? Fitness, health, wellness, da-da-da. And then when that's kind of what people know you for and it's kind of what you're practicing and you're preaching, and then all of a sudden you realize, like, whoa, this is not working for me. This is actually really harming me. How did you make that shift and I guess my my deeper question is what were some of the emotions and the hurdles there that you had to go through um, shifting from that you know sort of pedestal to the to the the work that you do now essentially unraveling all of that?
0: It's a good question uh, the first thing I would say is for me on on the surface level, it wasn't hard because I am a triple a type of person. Like in my core, I'm just like, let's go do everything like full <laughs> force. And so when I do get my mind to something, I'm all in not so much today. I will say that not so much. Cause I've learned a lot about easing into things, leaning into things, leaning out. So now I am a little bit, uh, I'm a little bit softer on that, but I am still very much like if I have a goal, I will I will create it, no doubt about it. And so back then, that's why fitness modeling was so easy for me, because I just said, I'm going to do it and I did it. And then when it came to healing myself and disappearing into like the shadows of the fitness world, I just did it because I knew I, I wanted to do that. But that's on the surface, right? So on a deeper level, yeah, there were totally some fears because when I started to, let's say, gain weight, I was so obsessed with this idea that people would see me and think, fit chick fitness professional, look at her shoulders, look at her butt. Like I want to see her in a swimsuit. Like I was so obsessed with people admiring me Mm -hmm. that when I started to gain weight and look like a quote, normal person eating normal food, I felt like a failure and I felt guilty. And I felt like my purpose in life to be fit and to be this certain way, I was failing. And that that meant that I was weak. In reality, I was actually making a choice, which is a very strong thing to do, but I was living out of this space of insecurity and fear and what ifs that instead of me seeing it as strong, it's like, wow, I'm a strong person making a hard decision and actually following through with it. It was more like, Oh, I'm weak. I, I really thought I could do this my whole life and apparently I can't, but you know, Sally Jo can and look at her fitness Instagram. She's got all these followers and she's amazing and she's still doing it. Why is it so hard for me? So I did have stuff like that come up, but Ultimately, I kept coming back to this realization that it's very simple. Honestly, it's very simple. I just kept coming back to the realization that I didn't want to live my life like that anymore. And I had to realize that maybe Sally Jo can, or maybe she's miserable too, but it doesn't matter what she's doing. What matters is that I need to be honest with myself. And I don't, even if everyone in the world could stick to a six meal a day meal plan and look a certain way and never drink another glass of wine again and not eat any chocolate or go to parties or travel, if they can can live their lives and not do those things, great. But I know that I want to travel and I know that when I travel, I want to eat what I want to eat. I want to nourish my body. But sometimes I know that will mean resting on the couch, eating Thai food. And then other days that will mean going to Pilates or yoga and having salad or whatever it may be. But that's called intuitive eating and that's called intuition and knowing what I need in a given moment. And that was so much more exciting to me at the time than sticking to my same rigidity because that's what it was. It was not just discipline. It was rigid. It was hard. It was not a structure that was nice and easy to fit my life into. It was a hard, painful structure that I had to feel essentially tortured to fit inside of. It didn't fit. It was not like two puzzles matching together, it was wrong. And that's what I kept coming back to. I just kept realizing like, I have a choice. I'm not at the mercy of life here. I'm powerful. I'm a powerful human being that can choose route A or route B. It's my decision. I think so many women get caught into this idea of they're at the mercy of life. Like, oh no, I'm so weak. I can't do this Fitness thing anymore. Poor me. Like, I'm, I have to, I guess I have to go try to like gain weight and go through recovery, but flip the story, flip the switch. It's you making a choice. You can choose to keep going down that path if you want, or you can choose to regain your life, to have a life, to go travel, to go to parties, to have fun. It is your choice. You are powerful and you are deciding what's best for you you're not letting the world decide for you.
2: Mm, I love that sort of like lens shift, right? Looking at it through just a slightly different lens in order to really amplify the beauty of this entire healing process, right? Because that's, I'm sure you get this sort of question or, or pushback with your clients as well, but the the fear of gaining weight, it's a valid fear for so many women because you know our whole lives we've been taught to like you said fit into those you know rigid boxes that are set up for us. And so anything outside of those boxes looks scary because of what if people don't accept me or admire me or or think I'm valuable all those reasons. So, I guess my my question is, you know, for you being able to flip that switch and look at it through a different lens, what kind of support or resources really helped you make that mindset shift because I find it's so easy to to be like, oh, yeah, of course, like I'm going to have a life now. But then when the weight does start to come on, if you know, not for everybody, but for most women, if you've been in a place of disordered eating there, your body is going to have some changes. Um, Then it's sort of a little bit harder to keep coming back to that. Like, okay, I have a life. I'm doing the things that light me up. How did you support yourself or, or what resources did you find helped support you through that process?
0: Okay, so there's a lot of different things that can go into this. Of course, that would take like a year-long podcast. But <laughs> what, what keeps coming to mind when you were asking this question is protect your chapter. Protect your chapter. So I think a lot of times people are like, I'm going to go through recovery, maybe kind of, sort of, I don't know. We'll see. And they don't set up any kind of boundaries. They don't protect the chapter of their life, the new chapter. They, they're basically having the same external life outside of their body. Like they're doing the same things. They're looking at the same Instagram accounts. They're hanging around the same friends. They're reading the same types of books, listening to the same kind of music, going and putting on the same size of clothing. Like their, their external world is the very same and they're trying to change their internal world. And it's very hard. Another way to think about this a little more extreme, but it's very similar to an alcoholic being in a bar. Like if you're trying to recover from alcoholism, if you're trying to Um, create a new life for yourself that's alcohol-free, get out of the bar. Stop being around people who do nothing but drink. So if you're trying to recover your body image, stop being around people who constantly talk about dieting or fat shame or putting on the same types of clothing that doesn't fit you, your new body that you're trying to develop. Stop torturing yourself. Stop going to the same Instagram accounts that talk about macro counting and Talk about paleo and intermittent fasting. Stop watching those YouTube videos. Stop going to the same gym that you went to whenever you were in your darkest days of eating disorder or you know bridal weight loss, whatever it was. Whatever your story is, yeah. whatever you were doing during that story when you were trying to lose weight after a breakup or you're trying to reinvent yourself at New Year's, create – a new chapter but in every way in your internal life and your external life. Yes, do the journaling work. Hire a coach. Listen to healthy happy podcast. One of the best things I did when I was going through this period, which I would say was really a year of intense changes. After that it was more tweaks and gliding through the process. And of course, even today I have to still revisit small things, but for about a year, I had to really focus on what newness do I want to add into my life. So instead of focusing on all of the things I was taking away and all the things that I didn't have anymore, fitness, 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 like getting my mind out of fitness and starting to think about, okay, I'm in Colorado mountains. I've got a dog walks. Like I started listening to like more primal podcasts that talked about the beauty of, Clean wa- drinking, clean river water, or walking barefoot. And then I started to listen to mystery podcasts, and I went to the movies more, even by myself. I got into new shows. I got into fiction reading again, even poetry writing. Like I started to add all those things back into my life that I had before I even knew what what a scale was or a gym membership was, because so so often, whenever you get into these things, you start to Put all of the things that made you happy as a youngster or a teenager or a young adult, you just throw it away. You forget that you really enjoy feeling the breeze on the ocean beach, not with your tub of, wear of food, just sitting there on a blanket with no one around you, just being by yourself. You forget that you really enjoy having a glass of wine on a Friday night, watching a really stupid show. Like you forget those little things that you like to do. And it's important to bring those things back. Mm-hmm. When you're going through this period of recovery, you can't just take away a whole bunch of things because if running and meal planning is the most fun thing you have planned for the day, guess what you're going to think about all day long and really want to do, right? right? Run and meal plan. So you have to create new things you want to do. It's so simple, like that I'm <laughs> ta- even talking about this. It's so simple, but it's, it's so forgotten, Because people are so obsessed with thinking about this one thing in their life, fitness or food or body image, that they forget to even attempt to add new things in because they're scared. Like they're scared if they do add X, Y, and Z back into their their life, they'll actually be happy and they actually will let go of this body obsession and they're fearful of actually letting go of this body obsession because then what then? Then they actually will be healed and they actually will have to put on the weight and they won't look the same way and so they hold on to this period of their life instead of protecting the new chapter.
2: Oh, that was such a beautiful explanation. And I think the, this underlying theme that you and I both talk about as well in our work is like making space for the things that light you up because we spend so much time, like you said, thinking about running and meal planning and like how we're going to make sure we fit into X dress for X event. and, And it's so much time and energy that we don't even realize is being absorbed and all that time and energy is then not spent on the things that actually do light us up from within. And um, at the end of the day, like, when a random person will ask me, like, what do you do? I'm like, oh, I help women make space for the things that light them up. And they're like, wait, what? Don't don't people just, like, make themselves happy on the regular? And the answer to that is, like, no, we need help. <laughs> so I love that you sort of highlighted the fact that, like, a huge part of the healing process is, like, figuring out, again, what does make you happy? What makes you tick? What things sort of fill you up and take the pressure off of having to fit in a certain pant size or or look a certain way? I think that's such a huge part of the healing process.
0: Yeah, exactly. And it is so, it's, it's to the outside people who have never even been in this world where they're just like, do things that you love. It's easy. You can forget about this. You can absolutely forget about this. And it doesn't just stop at food and body image, it can be with kids, right? Like you have kids and then you pour your entire life into kids and then you have three kids and then you're like, okay, my entire life revolves around these three kids and everything they have to do. And you forget to make space for things that let you up because you have these kids that you adore and love and they've become your life, but it's not guilty to put aside time to yourself. And even people who don't have food issues and don't have kids, still can struggle with this because they are giving and giving and giving and they forget that giving to yourself is also giving to others because you're then able to show up for the people that matter in your life as the best version of you.
2: Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I kind of want to circle around to this whole, the duality of masculinity and femininity in this conversation, but in a larger sense too um, because I love that you often talk about softening. So I guess I, I kind of want to, make some space for you to talk about that but then um tying it back to this whole this whole conversation around food and body as well because I think that so much of the the diet culture that we live in is hard it's masculine it's very task oriented uh and to sort of unravel that that to soften that is is a really interesting perspective so I'd love to hear your thoughts on that
0: Yes, absolutely. So first thing I do want to point out, I know that you don't know this, but I have to make sure that I say it. It's The masculine is not hard. And people say this all the time. Even the other day, I was having a conversation with someone around this and they were like, I want to be soft, but I'm, you know, I'm also very hard and blah, blah, blah. It's it's not hard. So the hard is actually more the perfectionist. Mm -hmm. Masculine is strong. So I just want to get that very clear. And I'll get into that in a second. Um, So, and I'll get into also the why, like, what hard actually means. Okay. So the go-to for many people, I don't care if you're a man or you're a woman, One of the go-to energies is to be, like I've talked about at the beginning of this podcast, a perfectionist. And so I will speak from my own experiences of wanting to please and to do more and to be more and to accomplish more, to never fully rest. And so for a time period of my life, I was like, oh my gosh, I'm so masculine because I'm always like trying to accomplish more, blah, blah, blah. No, that's not masculine though. So the masculine, to break this down very easy, the masculine is the pushing out in life. Think like sun, brightening, like vivacious. It is the energy that is driven. There is some logic and there is some structure to it. It's the protection. It's like that massive tree that is covering you whenever it's raining, like it's there for you. It's sturdy. It's stable. It is essentially a knight in shining shining armor, but we have this energy within ourselves Men have it within themselves, obviously. Women have it within themselves, obviously. We have both of these energies. But the masculine is very much that pure, strong, driven energy within you. And sometimes if you look at your business, like the masculine is your schedule. It is your systems. It's that structure that allows you some freedom because with discipline does come freedom because you know what you're doing when you're doing it. It gives you like peace of mind. Or if you have a deadline, your will to succeed and to get that deadline completed in time, that is the masculine. It is the goal. It's the go energy. It's the pushing out. And so the feminine is the pulling in. It's very receptive. It's the moon. It's very nurturing. It's very creative. It's very intuitive. It's soft. Whereas the masculine is strong, the feminine is very soft. So think about the curves in a female's body and think about the curves of life. I talk about this a lot. When you are stepping into your femininity and you're finally coming to terms that yes, you have femininity and it's important to listen to it, you can learn how to accept and embrace the curves of your your body, the softness, because you appreciate it in a different way, knowing that's a very unique part to you. And then when life throws you curveballs, you can act on it in a masculine way as well, but it's easier for me personally speaking to be able to approach it first from a feminine standpoint where I say, okay, this is a change. What's my intuition saying? How do I feel about this? Like slowing down. And then I could make a masculine move where, I'm like, okay, take charge, make a change, like steer the ship. But first I want to embrace it, I want to acknowledge it. And I wanna learn how to trust and surrender because that's also part of the feminine. The feminine is wisdom, whereas the masculine is knowledge. I always love thinking about those two different things because I think that clears up a lot of things. It's like this innate bodily wisdom within your core and your heart and your bones. Like it's a it's a deep sense of knowing, whereas knowledge is more like things that you have learned or you have gained in life experiences. Um, it's a different level of the intellect. And so when you think about perfectionism, this is something that I want to speak about more. So this is a great time to talk about it, but perfectionism is not masculine. Okay. So perfectionism goes along with the inner critic, the inner pusher, the inner pleaser, the inner patriarch, the one that's always wanting to do right by everyone and fit into society's norms. That's what perfectionism is. Those all clump together. And that's, I think that for both men and women, that is the ego deranged based version of the masculine. So perfectionism is not the masculine in it's pure form, but maybe in the ego based insecure form, whereas femininity it's soft, but whenever, whenever it's deranged and it's manipulated and it's lived out through insecurity and ego, it turns into weakness. Hmm. turns into, I can't do anything. I don't know. I'm passive, like whatever. And so that's what people think it is. People who are not educated, I find, around the feminine and the masculine, their immediate thoughts is that, okay, masculine is hard. It's rigid. And and those make me think of pain, right? It's like, oh, that sounds nasty. But then a lot of people think that the feminine is weak. It's crazy. And it's emotional in a negative way. So we're here walking around with these two beautiful energies that are pure and divine. And we're thinking we're living our lives through these limiting beliefs around them, thinking that, oh, masculine, oh, he's so macho, masculine, blah, 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 which really what they're saying is he has a big ego. So they're using these terms wrong. And then like, oh, she's. I don't, normal people normally don't say, Oh, she's so feminine in a bad way. Normally they say like, she's so girly. Right. right? And so girly is like the bad word for feminine, feminine. I think that's still pretty much a, a nice word to use anytime you use it. But whenever you say girly or she's like, you know, the crazy emotional ex-girlfriend or the nagging wife. Oh God, these stories. No wonder we have so many problems around stepping into our womanhood, our feminine. And, many people still have problems around the masculine. If you're a perfectionist, no, it's not. We're not, your feminine, your masculine isn't mastered. If you're a perfectionist, you have maybe more of that driven energy, but there's still stories there that need to be uncovered and let go of. Mm. So this is a very heavy, big topic. And one of the things that I posted about yesterday on my Facebook actually was that I wanted to introduce that there's also a third part Um, because there's normally always a Trinity with these things. So it is a duality, but there's also the inner child and the inner child is the one of play. And I would even say that might be even a little bit more of the creativity, like the, what story can I come up with today? What weird noise can I make? Like, how can I do the best? cartwheel I've ever done in my life for these five strangers I don't even know. It's the joy, the innate joy that is not dependent on other people's approval. It's going to, I'm going to do this because I want to do this. And I think that energy has been super stifled because we're living in this oh so serious adult world where we all need to be prim and proper and keep up the family reputations and all these (laughs) things. And so our inner child is like starved and hungry. and, And I think that's one of the more tough ones to even know where to begin normally the answer is play. But even for some people, play is like, what is play? I do not understand. (laughs) It's so difficult for people to understand. Like play. There's no borders. There's no boundaries. Just play. Whenever at midnight, 3 a.m., like 5 p.m., just play. Like that is the inner child.
2: So did you get all that? (laughs) Yeah, so much good stuff. And I love sort of fleshing these out for people because I think that it's so refreshing to hear those definitions of femi- femininity and masculinity, because I think, like you said, it's easy to get wrapped up in the the ego based versions of them and feel like we're wrong in some way for expressing those different energies. When really, it's like that perfectionism uh, that lives within, or that that you know, a feeling of weakness that can sort of stifle uh, our ability to grow and. Um, it's really beautiful to hear those sort of differentiating uh, explanations of the of those terms because I think then when we can reframe them for ourselves, we can reframe. Well, who is who is it that I am, and and who is it that I want to be, and what sort of energy do I want to create and and live in?
0: Exactly. Yeah. And it's a harmony, right? Mm-hmm. So it's not a balance. And I think a lot of people think too, like it's you have to have equal parts. It's a yin and yang. So like get your 50% on in each one. And that's not how it is at all. It's a harmony. So what happens in people's bodies and their minds and their spirits is a disharmony. And that's what creates these issues such as anxiety, depression, eating disorders. Of course, it's not as simple as that. Like get your femininity back and you'll be healed forever. (laughs) Like it's not that. Right. But there is a big piece to that. I think Anytime that a part of your self is stifled or diminished or dimmed, you're going to have issues Mm -hmm. and it manifests in different ways. People cope in different ways to get through these issues. And that's why I love to use the the word harmony because it really is just about creating a energy system i guess that changes on a day to day basis like today oh my goodness i have i'm going to have such a masculine energy today but because i have so many things i need to get done and it's like that's fine i know that i've got to have my coffee i've got to have my fuzzy socks on to like get grounded and like get prepared to be by my computer all day whereas other days it might be like oh i've got some yoga i've got some this really important show that's coming on <laughs> i've got to right. watch and i'm relaxing and i'm like nourishing myself and every day is going to be different sometimes it's going to be a, a a week or a month of one energy really coming out i i know for me i'm very seasonal it's very daily it's very monthly and then sometimes it's seasonal so in the winter i like to hibernate and rest and do a lot of creative things and then in the spring and summer it's a lot of Creating. It's a lot of manifesting and planning and doing and traveling. And that is something I've learned about myself. So it's really good to be able to take a step back and look at your life thus far and see what patterns do I see. And that I think that awareness, that knowledge can be very, very powerful when you can get prepared for a season by knowing, okay, I'm going into a period of yin. Okay, I'm going into a period of yang and be ready, like brace yourself for what you're going to need. And like I said, protect your chapter, Mm -hmm. whatever chapter you're going in, try to match your internal world with the external world. Do the best that you can. Of course, not everything's going to be perfect, but protect what you can protect to make sure that you are on this path that you want to be on for a day, a month, or a season.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I think, like you said, it it can create a lot of awareness to sort of be able to identify these different energies and then prepare yourself. Um, Because I think at the end of the day, so much of the Behaviors that we find ourselves using in terms of trying to control our body, that's to find some sort of safety and security. And so you know, being able to recognize those different periods of time in your life, the energies within them, and then prepare yourself, that gives you that feeling of safety and security. Of course, nothing is (laughs) nothing is ever gonna really turn out the way you think it might, but you can kind of feel a little bit more safe and secure, knowing, all right, this is probably coming my way. How can I best um, prepare myself so that I don't feel frazzled and thrown and and thrown back maybe into some harmful behaviors? Mm-hmm. Yes, exactly. Awesome. So um, I'm super curious then, what does this kind of look like for you on a daily basis? I know you said it's it's changes on the daily, on the weekly, seasonally, um, but I'm more curious about some of the practices that you have um, in terms of both kind of harmonizing these energies.
0: So you're looking for tools? Is
2: that right? Yeah, tools. I, I guess that's the best way to put it.
0: Okay. Well, so here's the thing. (laughs) There are things you can do. There's tons of things you can do to really bring forth like your feminine essence, bring forth your masculine energy. But for me, it's more about an innate knowing and acknowledging that. So I don't really have like every day if I want to like step into my feminine, this is what I do in front of my altar. It's more like I go about my but when I feel that there's something that's lacking or missing, or if I'm getting stressed, I do have go-to things. A lot of times it includes clearing my schedule, clearing my calendar, listening to myself. Um, I also, am very, very, very big believer in tracking your cycles to get to know your body better. And I do believe that whenever you're about to the first day of your period, it's very important to clear out the day as best you can. I know not everyone has the luxury of clearing their entire day with the tips of their fingers, but if you can schedule as few things as possible on the first day of the cycle to allow yourself to rest as much as you can, yes so important, like making that your sacred energy, your sacred day, your sacred space. Um, but I do that often. Like I know it's important after I do something big, like I plan a big event, I want to make sure that I have time afterwards to rest, to recover, to journal and see what I have learned. On a day-to-day basis though, it's an innate knowing. Like I, don't really, I can't really tell you because that's super, I, it's funny I love when people ask me this question that is super like, give me the steps, give me right. the one, yeah. two, three, like, what can I do? <laughs> right. And it's more of like, how am I feeling as I'm waking up this morning? What food is going to support that feeling? Do I need high energy, vibrant foods, or do I need something more comforting and nourishing and grounding? What is it that my body's calling for? If you don't, if you're like listening to this and you're like, well, this is the first time I even ever heard of the feminine, the masculine. This is the book I would highly, highly, highly recommend. The most powerful book I've read yet so far is called The Book of She by Sarah Stover. Everything I would want to tell you is in that book. It's one of the best books. I mean, seriously, it is just perfect for explaining feminine energy and a little bit on the masculine. So I highly recommend if anyone's like, give me all of the journaling excitements, give me all the worksheets, blah, blah, blah. I would recommend that book. And then next I actually have a, uh, I just, just finished putting together a workbook. It's a five day workbook for freeing your feminine spirit. And that's on my website as well under the books tab So you can check that out if you're looking for a place to start. It's for people who are starting this feminine journey and are looking for like, what does it mean to create a ritual where you're adorning yourself or a ritual around movement that actually feels good and doesn't feel like I'm stifling my energy and torturing my body at the gym? Mm -hmm. Or how do I be more like water where I'm able to move and groove with the currents of life instead of always fighting it? That's what that workbook is all about and has tons of journaling questions for you to dive into. So those are two reasons. That I would say are really helpful.
2: Awesome. Cool. Yeah, I know that's kind of a because I get the same question from clients of like, what do you do to like maintain this sort of mindset? And it's like, well, you know, there are resources and tools, but on the day to day, it kind of is just a, a practice of tuning in, right?
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. And that's why it's such a journey. Everything in your life, I love this quote, everything in your life is a process, not an event everything. Hmm. If you if you can adopt that mindset, like even like let's say that you have a big retreat you're hosting. Like that's a process. That's not an event. Your your marriage day. That wow, why did I phrase it like that? Your wedding day. <laughs> <laughs> your marriage day, it is a process. It is not an event. I think that's such an awesome way to look at life. Thinking everything is a process, it's way less final, it just sounds like there's less pressure. Like everything is a place for you to learn from. Mm -hmm. So with this, I am not, even here I am speaking on these topics, presenting myself as someone who knows what she's talking about. Yet I am totally embracing learning on this every day. I'm learning something new. I've learned so much recently on the masculine and like called myself out on me. I used to think that perfectionism was masculine. And then I did more understanding and leaning in and processing and learning and I'm like holy cow no it is not that's just the stories I have around the masculine so if anyone is feeling super overwhelmed by this topic and have no idea where to start start with those two places I recommended and then adopt the idea that this entire thing as well as everything else in your life is a process not an event
2: I love that and I think too, like it takes, it, it does take the pressure off of, you know, preparing for something, but it also takes the pressure off of um, like when that inner critic voice can creep up, especially in regards to recovering from, you know, disordered eating diser- or um, overexercising, et etc. we can kind of get in that inner critic, like negative self-talk spiral where you're like, oh, I should have been done with this by now. What's wrong? And it's like, no, like. It's just a learning process and and change is always cyclical and you kind of can come back around to these same ideas, but with a little bit more, you know, wisdom and experience under your belt each time. And because, you know, if you can look at it through that lens of this is just a process, it's not something I can check off my list. All of a sudden it doesn't feel so icky when we, when we are kind of coming back to the same stuff again.
0: Mm, Yeah, exactly totally it's it's just we already carry so much pressure in our lives if this is supposed to be fun and explore explorative and if we want to approach this with the inner child in mind being curious and easygoing about it then you can't make this a job
1: right.
2: you can't
0: make recovery a job either because then you're just being your inner perfectionist again mm. absolutely
2: you can-
0: These important things in life need to be always, always choose curiosity over career. I mean, and I don't mean, you know what I mean, but like (laughs) instead of making something like recovery your career, where it's your have to do it perfectly or else you'll get fired, choose curiosity where it's, I don't know how how the heck this is going to go. And I'm always going to be a student. So let's just get started somewhere. That's a much better place. approach this from. And it will come with a lot more self-grace, where you're able to let go Mm -hmm. of this idea that something needs to be perfect, because nothing ever will, ever. And the sooner you can appreciate the process of learning something new, the better the experience is going to be. And every time you tackle or take on a new project, it's going to be less daunting cuz you know it's not going to be perfect, it's not going to be completely right, never will be, but at least you can have fun in the process of creating it and making it and learn something along the way.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And I think that that's empowering too to sort of give yourself that space to not not to let go of that perfectionism, right? To to let go of the need to check things off. It's empowering and almost fuels your fire to want to continue more and want to grow more, but just without that added pressure.
0: hmm Awesome. Amen, sister.
2: <laughs> so, okay. I think I just have one kind of final question in regards to all this stuff. For someone who is listening right now and resonated with something that we've been talking about, but is kind of resisting this... Because I think for us, this stuff sounds easy and it comes easy because we've just been doing it. You know, the tuning in, the getting curious, the practice of journaling or, um, you know, any sort of tapping into ourselves on a deeper level. We've sort of, I mean, again, always students, but we've immersed ourselves in it. So it feels a little easier. But I remember there was a time when I was very resistant to that idea because it just felt very woo and it felt like, oh, you know, someone's going to judge me or whatever. And that wasn't a conscious thought, but it was there. Um, So for the person who's listening and and resonating with this and, and feels connected to this conversation but is kind of feeling resistant to that tuning in process, to the diving deeper, to the getting curious, what would you say to them or suggest to them to kind of ease that that gap there? Um,
0: I have so many things running through my head. Uh, I would probably. This is my like. <laughs> this is more of my like tough love side of myself. Yeah. But I guess I, my first instinct, honestly, is just to say it doesn't, that's fine. Like you don't need, that doesn't need to be part of your life. Whether or not you want this to be part of your life and you want to pay attention to it, it's there. You don't have a choice in that because you're here on this earth with a heartbeat and a brain and you're listening to this podcast. If you are here on this earth, you have feminine and you have masculine. And if it's easier for you to think about, think of the physical manifestation, man and woman. Sometimes that's easier for people to to focus on instead Mm -hmm. of the word femininity and masculinity and God forbid we put the word divine in front of that (laughs) divine femininity that's when you lose people. But think about it just as the physical manifestation, the physical manifestation of masculinity is man. And for, for femininity, it's woman. If you look at a man, you look at a woman, obviously we have, we all have, we all have traits that overlap. So, you know, whoever you are, if you're a woman listening to this, you have drive, you have ambition that's why you're here. That's why you may have a job and you may have kids and a husband or a wife because you have set your eyes on something and you've accomplished it. There you go. There's that part of you that's driven and ambitious. But I'm sure once upon a time you have felt connected to nature or you have felt connected to write a story or you have felt the need to hug someone as they cry. There you go. You have some feminine in you, woman, woman right? You have that side of you. There's probably been times where you've laughed at something so stupid and you had Coke come out of your nose. I mean, (laughs) (laughs) right. Coke. I mean like sodas. Um, yeah. I mean that happens and that's like your inner child coming out, right? Like you're laughing so hard. Something comes out of your nose, like, and you laugh about that. And it's just like the goofiness. Like you have all this within you. You don't have to say, all right, now I'm going to invest all this time to learn about it. That's fine. You don't have to. What I would say is merely this be observant. Be observant of the times where you have said something to a friend and then you and then they don't respond. You text something to a friend and then you obsess all day long. Did I offend them? Did I upset them? Did I hurt their feelings? Blah, 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 blah. What happened? Oh my gosh, where are they? Did they hate me now? That is your, that's the patriarchal society stigmas put inside you that you always need to be pleasing people. That is alive within you. And if that happens with you, if you feel like you're getting obsessive or you're obsessive over something else, like your body image, or you don't know how to set boundaries with your family members and they keep running you over, that means right there that you have stuff, you have stuff to work on. It's okay if you don't want to work on it. You don't have to, I'm not going to make you, <laughs> but whether or not you choose to work on it, it's alive and it's within you and it is running on autopilot right now. And I think at a certain point in everyone's life, you come, you come to terms with the fact that you want to change something. And maybe it'll be dressed up with, I'm going to be more assertive. And you won't even use the word masculinity, and that's fine. This may sound super woo-woo, but at some point or another, you're going to make a decision that the way things are working in your life are not working for you, and you want to change something. Generally speaking, that means that you're, at its core, you're working on that harmony. You're creating a new harmony between these two energies. You don't have to see it that way. It's totally fine. But it's there, and it's it's happening, And I don't really think you have a choice in it because you're human (laughs) and you have energies within you, whether or not you want to admit it, that is there. And you're going to make decisions on how you want to live your life. And what that really is, is creating a new type of harmony within you and you can leave it at that.
2: Mm, That's so good. And I think that that kind of, that makes it a little bit more approachable again, less pressure, like just ease, easing into it. Being observant is a great place to start
0: hmm good
2: um, well thank you so much for um coming on the podcast I do like to ask everybody at the end of my episodes uh one question well kind of two um so I'm super curious as the name of the podcast is well and weird um what is something that's keeping you well lately and something that is keeping things weird for you
1: something that's keeping me
0: well um looking around <laughs> I don't know. I feel like I'm such a routine person. I get at least nine hours of sleep a night. I drink a gallon of water a day. I have been eating like more balanced. It feels like lately. Like I've just really dialed in on how I want to be nourishing my body and that's keeping me really well and I'm getting a lot of sunlight and I've got plants in my house. I'm just listing off everything about <laughs> myself. <laughs> that's all keeping me well. I don't know. My routine keeps me well. That's what I'll say because yeah. I travel a lot and I've been traveling so much this year. And what I'm really craving is to feel grounded. And, of course, I have another trip where I'm getting on a plane. But not till next month or till October. So I'm happy about that. I'm just really trying to ground myself. That's good. That makes me feel better and I want to stay grounded for a while. Um, and something that's keeping me keeping me weird or making me weird?
2: Either. Whatever you choose to interpret that as.
0: <laughs> I don't know if this would count as that, but I have been reading a lot of thrillers lately. I don't know if that's really keeping me weird, but I don't know. I I go through periods where I stop reading fiction and lately I've just been eating up all the fiction I can. And they're always murder mysteries. And I think that's a little bit weird maybe, but no, it's not weird, but that's the weirdest thing I can come up with and I'm loving them. And I just, I love thrillers so much.
2: Yeah. I think that's at the end of the day, I ask that question and just hope that, you know, every, every time someone answers it, they're like, I think this is weird to the outside person, but it doesn't feel that weird to me. And that's essentially, the answer I want is like, what's, what's kind of lighting you up in, in a way that like maybe other people would be like, huh, what? (laughs) So that was the perfect answer.
0: Okay. I bet something better is to come to mind later. I'm going to be like, oh my (laughs) gosh, I have gnomes around my apartment or something like super weird. I'm like, this is what I should have said, but Whatever, let's get a stick for now.
2: Yeah, I was going to say, you can always email it to me and I could throw it in the intro if, if it feels that important, but uh, okay. that's a good answer for now, so. Good to know. Yeah, all right. Well, thank you so much for coming on and uh, I'm really excited to share this conversation and I look forward to maybe chatting with you in the future.
0: That sounds great. Thank you so much for having me and it's been a pleasure and I hope that it serves everyone well to hear all of this juicy goodness.
2: Mm-hmm. All right. Talk to you later.